Hey, Against the Call listeners, for all you super fans, we now have merch. They are soft and comfortable shirts. They're $25 and come with a free out-of-pocket sports and Against the Call sticker. Every purchase goes towards better equipment, merch, and better utilities for Against the Call and out-of-pocket sports. To purchase, contact either Michael or Nick. Hey guys, we are happy to announce we have our second sponsorship with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is a mobile-focused ticket platform that enables users to buy and sell tickets for live sports, concerts, and theater events. Use code ATC for $20 off your first purchase. Hey, Against the Call listeners, you can find all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Anchor, and YouTube. There will be a new episode every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you tune into those. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to a special episode of Against the Call. I'm your host, Nick, and sadly, my co-host, Michael, is not with us today. But most importantly, we have our special guest, Tristan Spurlock, with us. And before we get him a little bit, we got to know about him, the former UCF basketball star. He played summer league for the Detroit Pistons in 2015. He was drafted by the Cleveland Charge in round two, pick 11 in 2014 by the NBA D-League. Whatever, it's the same thing. And, uh, he also played ten years. Uh, sorry, he played ten countries in over nine years. Craziest combine there. And now he's back in the main lane, in the mainland. Sorry, as a director of player development and a director of recruiting at the University of Iowa men's basketball. Tristan, how's your day going so far? It's going good, man. Going good. Super appreciative to be able to talk to you know UCF guy, Illinois guy. UCF basketball star on this podcast man what a day what what a week too had some very special guests now we have a very special one with us and you know you you mentioned like you played at UCF and stuff like that but you were actually born in Virginia you're a Virginia yeah. native, and uh, you had a lot of power five schools you know contacting you hitting you up trying to get you to join their squad but you ended up going to University of Virginia uh, your freshman year was that your first choice so I'm um, originally I was born in D.C., but I, I grew up in Virginia. Um, so for me, it was I kind of knew early I was an ACC guy. So I cut my list super, super early um, to really just like ACC schools. You know, I went to uh, Montrose Christian where Kevin Durant went, um, Terrence Ross, Justin Anderson, like a lot of big name guys went there. So, um, you know, I always had those P5 schools coming in and talking to me, but I knew kind of early, you know, I was a homer and. Uh, you know, UVA uh, committed there my senior year, was started my senior year. Um, our coach got fired, so we got a new coach. So I opened up my recruitment, and uh, Tony Bennett re-recruited me. So my freshman year, I, you know, I did my freshman year with uh, with Tony Bennett, and it was cool. It was, you know, still friends to this day that I got people that, I, you know, love to death over there. So it was cool. Yeah, and you mentioned Kevin Durant went to your high school. He was a senior when you were a freshman, right? Yeah, he was a senior my freshman year. So I did my freshman year of public school. And then as soon as the season was over with, I went straight to my to the private school, like two days, two weeks later, got out of there and went straight to Montrose Christian, um, which was which was a blessing, man. It changed my life forever. You know what I mean? Just being around those caliber of guys every day, 
you're definitely not a big fish in a small pond. Like it's 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 a war every day. Practices a grind. You got to think my my sophomore year we started Maryland, Georgia. I got went to Maryland, Georgia, Villanova, uh, me, and then another guy went to Maryland. Like that was our starter. So you know, like every day was a grind. Every day was a was was big time. Oh yeah, for sure. And Kevin Durant being there, man, did you teach him anything that he's applied to his game? No. <laughs> That is a no. I would not sit here and lie because he will find this and he will he will say something. So no, no. Um, one thing I took from him though was like how hard he worked. You know, like, and it's crazy because he's not the KD we see now. Of course, he wasn't that like that dominant, but he was still number two in the country behind uh, Greg Oden, and he was just special, man. Six and ten, six eleven, could shoot it, put it on the floor. Super skinny though, but he just was a bucket, man. I remember like my first couple of days working out and I'm like, nah, I'm not, this, if this is high school, I gotta go back, go back to where I'm from. This ain't it. He's killing me. I'm like, he's kicking my butt. So then you have that. Then he goes and has a year. He has a Texas. You're like, Ooh, thank you. Like it wasn't me. Like, you know, it makes sense. So it was good. It was fun. It was definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely a learning experience for you, man. Getting to play with one of the best. And, you know, you actually end up being one of the best yourself in high school. Yeah. You were uh, Mr. Virginia for men's yeah. basketball. I mean, being a high school senior and getting that award, what was going through your head uh, during that man, time? It was tough for me because I, I ended up transferring my senior year to a really small high school, really close to home. I was going to go to Oak Hill. I was looking at some other schools, but my mom begged me to stay close. Um, cause you know, Montrose from where I live was like an hour and 30 away. And I did that every day with traffic. And so my mom was like, Hey, we know where you're going for college. So stay close to home. So I picked like a really small Christian school, like maybe 15 minutes away from the house. And I was able to, you know, um, just hoop and it was great environment, great people. They loved me. They welcomed me. I mean, I remember like, you know, we sold out like the third home game. And that was more sellouts than they had in the last five years. So it was kind of like, you know, my, my my teacher told me we made more in concessions in three games than we did all last year. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so oh for me, God. it was beautiful to be able to bring that to those people, those, those you know, that, that, the people that really like embraced me every day. And we went to all the way to a state championship. You know what I mean? And I went to a state title with, I think none of my teammates played college basketball or even went to college for basketball or anything like that. So for me, it was cool. And, you know, something I take for, you know, take with me forever like that. I was Mr. Basketball and um, especially with some of the high schools you have in Virginia, like Oak Hill and Paul the Six. And, you know, my name is up there with like, you know, J.J. Reddick's and the Allen Iverson. So um, I always appreciate that. And that's something that's always going to stick with. Oh, yeah. Super solid to always carry with you, man. I mean, bringing in those kind of numbers, that, that's insane, especially yeah. for a high school basketball game. <laughs> and my coach, my coach was really like he was super like respectful of other teams that we played that didn't have the caliber like you know so like sometimes he'd be like all right first or second and I'd be like second he'd be like so you go play the second quarter third or fourth fourth all right you go play the second and fourth that's and I and we would that would play games like that like with just two quarters and it was like teams would be like like thanking him afterwards like thank you for not like I was getting embarrassed like that so for me it was cool like I, I, I I'd already committed to my school um, I was really, you know, I did the cap. I got invited to the Capitol Classic, um, which is like a real big deal back home. You know, uh, LeBron James played in it, Carmelo, um, you know, guys like that. So, like, I got invited to that. And once I, you know, kind of knew what I was doing, I was super comfortable in myself. I just wanted to go out there and have fun. Or oh, yeah. I mean, 
that's a super big accomplishment itself to be at that kind of level. Something that even LeBron James played in, man. That's yeah, that was crazy. Dang. And then being on the first team of that, that was big time. That was cool. Like I, you know, when I like it's weird because I'm only 32. So like looking back, it's weird, you know what I mean? But I'm done. So like sometimes I, you know, look back and be like, dang on, that was cool. Like I did that, like that was fun. But now you just kind of shift into a, another gear as far as coaching and stuff. So um, you know, hopefully when my kids get a little older, I got two little ones. So when they start asking questions, I could be, you know, I could, I could brag a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. You can tell them all kinds of stuff. You can make up stuff until they go to the Google. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I had 40 in the game. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> 40. yeah for sure. Now, you do, you do mention your kids, man. Are you kind of already influencing them to get into basketball a little bit? I would say no, but I'd be lying. Um, <laughs> I just yelled at my son the other day. Cause I was watching basketball somebody didn't box out. So I was letting him know, like, we don't play that. He's one. So I should tell you where <laughs> I'm at right now. Um, my biggest thing though was just, I want to make sure I'm dad, like super, get them involved, want them to play, have fun, but just be dad and let somebody else handle the other stuff until we get to that point where, you know, they fall in love with it. And once they fall in love with it, then, you know, I take over from there. But, um, you know, my coach uh, here at, at, at um, Iowa, he has uh, three sons that all play that are playing currently. Um, Connor just finished up his senior year. Patrick is in the middle of his junior year, about to be a senior. And then his youngest son plays. So, you know, for me, just being able to watch him and take, you know, from him, how he interacts with them, being dad and still being a coach. And, you know, I think that was something that, that I take a lot of notes from, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, the kid's one years old. He's already learning the basketball. Yeah. Right now. His, yeah. his definitions, his vocabulary is going to be huge. So it, was, it was cool, too, because my daughter's two. So my daughter's two years old. And um, before the season started, the men's and women's program, we did like a outside event and I brought my kids and Caitlin and um, Hannah Stolke. Some of the other girls were able to like take pictures with her. So then when they went there and they're doing their final four run, I was posting pics and I was like, wow, like one day she's going to like really thank me for these pics. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's, it's been fun. So you were able to meet Caitlin Clark, right? So how I was, was there every day? Yeah. yeah, yeah. How was that? How was that? How was that to be around her, man? It's cool. She's super. I mean, all the girls are super cool, man. Like even the guys, man, they're super humble. I think what gets caught up in today's age of athlete and getting this much money is being able to stay humble and know what to do with that money. I mean, like, I just don't know at 20 years old if I could have handled, you know, the the media, social media. Like I had Twitter. I have Facebook. I have you know, Instagram, but it wasn't like this where people were betting on games and DMs and after a bad game, I had my share of bad games and I don't remember, you know, back then it was more message boards, you know what I mean? So like, you know, but our girls and our guys here are the best. They're super cool down to earth. I bring my daughter in, they hug her, they give her high fives and it's, it's, it's like a family here for sure. Yeah. The atmosphere is great. I mean, you're, yeah. you're partaking in all of it. You're kind of rubbing off on some of those people as well. Yeah. Of, uh, player development there. And we'll get to that very shortly. I got to ask you this, when you played in high school, was it only basketball or did you play some other sports as well? So my dad, growing up, my dad was an NFL agent. Um, and that was like religion in the house. Like I remember like today's, I know for a fact that, you know, today's the draft. And growing up, I just remember how important the draft was. Like the draft we I watched, and this is when the draft was like, like, long draft for the whole weekend like every day like it was grueling and I remember being like six and watching the draft and I thought that's how I was gonna be a football player but uh, my dad's only 5'10 and I'm you know 6'8 almost 6'9 so like at one point I was kind of like six foot in like sixth grade and he kind of was like I don't know 
I think you you might grow a little bit, but he he just couldn't project it. So I played football and I loved football. That's my first love to this day. I can watch a football game. Give me four games and good. Give me my you know my NFL red zone on a Sunday. Chill out. I'm good. That's like a perfect day. So you know I loved football growing up. I stopped early and I just you know basketball was more so like what he thought. Like all right, that's that's what you're gonna that's what you're gonna be able to do. And um, for me, I was really good young. Um, seventh, eighth grade. You know I was dunking and you know I had contact with coaches in eighth grade. So it was really cool. Now, if you could play football, what position would you play? That's where the debate comes in. He would tell me I'm, I am I should have played quarterback, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like with my size and my arm, but I, I you know, I, I was good at that, but I thought, you know, I thought I was Randy Moss, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but we, that's where the debate comes in. Let him tell it quarterback. Let me tell it next Randy Moss. So, <laughs> Who knows, man? Who knows? I mean, besides that, you ended up being a great basketball player. And who was a basketball player that you looked up to while growing up? Man, it was two for sure. Like as I like as I got older and more mature in my game, it was Kobe. But growing up, it was Allen Iverson and Trace McGrady. Like I thought you couldn't. I had braids like Allen Iverson. I had the sleeve like Allen. I had a big crossover like Allen Iverson. I thought he was the epit. Like I thought he was cool. Like. That was what I thought, you know, it was little, you know, at that time I was like six feet, you know what I mean? Like, I thought that was it. And I was playing with the older guys and he had a chip on his shoulder. I had a chip on my shoulder, but, you know, as I got older, I started being a little more lanky and longer and taller. I thought Trace McGrady was somebody who could just get a bucket effortlessly. And, uh, you know, so I mean, that was kind of my generation of guys I looked at. Now, as I got older, probably, you know, like uh, junior, senior in high school, college, pro, Kobe was that was the epitome. That was the standard for like, okay, he's the best. Like I didn't see Mike in his prime. You know what I mean? I saw Mike um, when he was with the wizards and that's because I was in DC. I was able to go to those games, but like prime for prime, I saw Kobe, and that was what I thought like was the best basketball player. If you could draw him up would be him. Now, whenever you're uh, being the director of player development at Iowa, do you kind of embrace that mama mentality with your guys? Yes. 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 <laughs> A thousand percent. The guys would tell you that for, I'm up at five, last one. And like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, and I kind of was a player like that. You know what I mean? Like, whatever time, whenever, whatever. It's kind of how we are too here. Like, we'll play whoever, whenever, set it up. You know what I mean? Like, like this year we played Duke at the guard. Cool, run it. Like, and that's kind of how I am with, you know, just the guys and whatever they need, whether it be, hey, coach, I need to talk. Hey, I need to, let's watch, you know what I mean? Whatever you need, when we need it, let's get it done. So, now, you know, you played at UCF uh, mm-hmm. in 2020, or sorry, 2012. That's my fault. Uh, you transferred. I'm about to say 2020, yeah, man. 2020. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I got to ask you this. That was like over a decade ago whenever you transferred uh, to UCF. How can you say the transfer, like, uh, development and things like that, the process has changed over this past decade? Man, super different. Just the fact that guys can play right away. Um, I think that's one I, I would say probably also just, um, you know, there was no like social media buzz. So like, there was no, like, you know, I couldn't, I didn't post any workouts or practice video of me at UVA. And, you know, I, I maybe would have had even more schools call, you know what I mean? If I would able to just be like, Hey, I didn't play more. So for this reason, more than lack of being able to play, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, you see guys now who transfer with three, two, four points a game and they go to either the same level, sometimes hot, like, you know, it's it's crazy, you know. Um, so it, it also my sit out year, I think that, you know, 
what I got in that sit out year, I think some guys need when they transfer, you know, especially if they're not ready or capable, they need that year to grow, mature, um, get better, lift every day, work out more. You know what I mean? I, th- I thought that year was, tre- you know, tremendous for me and, and my ability to come in right away on a really loaded UCF team. You know what I mean? That went to the NIT. We, we were good. You know, we had guys. So, you know, for me, that was good for me to just be able to, we beat Memphis for the first time in school history when I was there. And that was a, like four guys from Memphis went to the NBA. Will Barton was on that team. So, uh, so for me, like being able to get ready and, and, and have that year and work out every day on game day, it was just a culture. And I think sometimes you get these kids who transfer in and out, there's no culture being built. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned like social media, there was no like tipped and edits being made of you and like, a yeah, no or anything like that. Uh, no tip, that's for sure. <laughs> that would have been yeah, cool though. Even when I, even when I like, you know, committed, like I just said my facts in. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't even do the hats or like TV. Like, you know, I remember when Georgetown um they offered me, they wanted me to commit the same day they offered me. So they were like, yo, we could we got the media ready. Like I was never big into that. So like I was like, all right, bro, like whenever on UVA when I committed to them, I called and sent a fax in. Like that's the sign my you know national letter of intent, sent it in with the workout. Like I was real super like so even now today, like I it took me a while to really embrace social media. Um, like my fiance wanted me, I, I told her I was going to delete it. I was like, I'm going to delete all this stuff. Like I'm going to delete my Instagram, my Twitter, like maybe two years ago. She was like, why? I was like, don't really need it. And now I'm like, thank God I didn't, you know, so many contacts, even how we reached out to each other, you know, I see the importance of, you know, social media and I, and I do a bad job of checking my DMS and all that stuff. So I'm trying to get better. So forgive me, everybody. I'm trying to, I'm working on it. Uh, yeah, man. The social media, the power of social media, man. That's exactly like you said. That's how we got in contact, and uh, it it really is powerful. I I love it, and you know I'm glad that we were able to reach out that way. Um, you're talking about like transferring and stuff like that. What did sell you on coming to UCF? Man, I would say style of play. Uh, number one, only school I visited. So I went down there. I have I, I, oh, I GW. I visited GW as well, but um style of play getting up and down donnie jones you know was coming in so he didn't have like a roster set um and for me like when i got down there and met everybody and just saw how cool it was i mean the weather was great uh you know i love the fact that towers um and if everybody who's been to ucf you know towers is you know right literally right across literally across the street and i love that i'm a gym guy so being able to go back and forth access to the gym we had just got brand new shooting guns in there which like Back then was like you had a shooting gun in your gym, like that was like that was big time. But now everybody got four or five of them. So, um, and just my teammates, man. My teammates took me out. Um, then we went and got food later the next day. Like it was cool. And and like I said, man, those guys I'm still cool with to this day. Like, you know, we all got kids the same age, and and and, and it's that it was a real family environment. And my coach Donnie Jones, I talk to him to this day. Um, coach Tillis, the assistant coach, he's a head scout with the Dallas Mavericks, you know, we stay in contact. So it's, it's, it's really, it's really been instrumental in like me after basketball. And that's one thing they promised me um, that after basketball, I could be able to pick up the phone and call them. And that was, and I've been able to. Everybody talks about the Duke brotherhood, but the UCF brotherhood is there as well. Man, I'm telling you, man, like all my UCF guys, young, old, we all stay in contact. Like I got guys who I never even played with at UCF that, you know, I talked to as far as like Chad Brown and even Taco, Big Talk. So Taco was my, I came in, my, most of my senior summer when I was leaving, Taco was coming in. But I hosted Taco a bunch of times. Uh, Dwight McCombs hosted Taco Fall a bunch of times. Like, you know what I mean? Like, B.J. Taylor, all those guys. You know, Shahid, 
Tank uh, Effiani, he's over in Uruguay playing amazing. I played against him two years ago. Like, you know, I'm proud of all my guys, all my young UCF guys. Incredible. And, I mean, at your time at UCF, you averaged 9.8 points, 5.2 rebounds, and 1.2 assists in 92 games. And you were a key player on this team. When you played at UCF, what part of your game did you develop the most over the, the span of three years? Man, you know what's crazy? Like, I know my first year, I probably averaged, like, seven points. And I was just a complete three-point bomb, like, shooter. Like, I would come in, sniper, threes. Then my soft, then my junior, senior, I averaged, like, t- almost 12 and five because I just was more dynamic. I was getting to the basket. I was dunking. Um, I was playing more up and down, playing with, with more pace. And, um, you know, so for me, it was one of those things where, like, it was just growth growth and opportunity and 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 um, I played with some really good guys man Keith Clan he was you know uh, all player I mean all league guy you know what I mean he was you know up for player of the year a couple times and Isaiah Sykes led the you know led the country in triple doubles so I got guys on my team like you know my year and a couple years a year older that were like really instrumental in me being like really good and uh even my my sophomore year you know we had um we had Marcus Jordan um and people sleep on him all the time he was good man. Marcus was a bucket bro Marcus you know we we beat I mean we beat teams man I think like we beat UConn the year after they won a national championship number one in the country in the Bahamas came in there smacked them whooped up on them you know what I mean like we beat a lot of good team Memphis that year I think they went to like the sweet 16 we beat that like we beat a lot of really good teams so I mean for us you know for me in particular one thing I worked on was just being an all-around complete player so like you know, my holy man, that nine points, man. That sophomore year threw me off, man. A little bit better that sophomore year, I'd have been better. I mean, yeah, you're putting in the work both mentally and physically, but specifically physically. What was a drill at practice that you just hated? It, I wasn't a good warm up guy. Like I would sneak to the bathroom. I hated warming up. I hate doing the basic like ball, like the stretch. I just wanted to hoop. Let's get the coach. Roll the balls out. Let's play. Like, like this warming up stuff. Cool. Like, let's get to the five on five. So anytime I could, you know, I gotta use the bathroom. And you know, so now when the guys do it, I'm always like, all right, bro. That was my that was my trick. But um <laughs> Coach Jones was cool. We didn't do a lot of drills. We just played a lot. Three on three, four on four. Some days you come in and be a two on two tournament, one on one tournament. So like it was, it was, it was a lot of competing, and I loved that. <laughs> Yeah, you don't let it slide with your guys, you know, if they pull the bathroom. I do. I you do. do. All right. <laughs> I know. Go ahead, bro. I know. I know what's up. So, you know, you got to, you know, you hard on some stuff, easy on other stuff. As long as when it's time to go to work, you're ready to go to work. I'm, I'm good with you. I got you. And, you know, in 2014, you graduated with your degree in communications. What did you plan on doing with that degree? Uh, honestly, I was, I wanted to do, uh, I wanted to be on ESPN. Like that was one of my big goals. Like I wanted to do um, TV broadcasting. Like, you know, I never saw myself as a coach. I never saw myself as a trainer. I never saw myself, you know, getting back into it. So when I got my degree in communications, what I wanted to do was, you know, um, I was going to go straight into, you know, trying to work for ESPN. Um, Luckily for me, I had eight or nine like NBA workouts. Um, And then, you know, from there, I I got a chance to do summer league because how good my workouts were. um, you know, so for me, I, I was going to think about you know, going straight into broadcasting and, and, and getting into like, you know, um, TV. Yeah, I mean, you wanted to work for ESPN. Would you want to like broadcast uh, like basketball games? Is that your yeah, specifically, you know, like TNT and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, we had a we had a UCF show 
And sometimes I would, you know, do a lot of the talking up there. It's on YouTube still. Uh, they still got the like facility tour and, you know, it's hilarious. I show, I watch it with my kids sometimes. They laugh, daddy, you know. So it's, it was really cool, though, um, the way they allow me to like grow in that aspect of I did the behind the scenes tour. I did um, like player intros and media day stuff. And they let me really grow in that aspect of, you know, talking and being in front of the camera. Is it completely out of the equation? Could you come back to maybe revisiting that idea in the future? Oh, no, if it, I don't know. I love this. This is fun. This has been a new challenge. And um, I got to let that be where it's at. I got to let that stay where it's at. But this has been great. This has been, you know, getting into coaching year one. Um, July 1st would be a full year for me. So this has been amazing. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And, you know, you're talking about some YouTube videos out there. I watched your lengthy highlight video reel oh. on on YouTube, man, I've seen you dunk on a lot of dudes on that highlight reel. A lot of USF players love seeing that. Um, when you're not dunking on them or, you know, passing flashy assists, uh, what was your favorite basketball memory from UCF? The dunks, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I would say the USF dunks, but those, we lost those games. So I kind of like, ah, it was fun. And uh, it was all packed when we played them. Probably my senior year on the road when we beat USF, Zeke hit a game winner. Like, at the buzzer, I had, like, a crazy stat line that game, like, like 17, 11, 5, like, you know, something crazy. And I had, like, probably one of my better overall games, like, ever. Um, um, and, you know, I had some good individual performances, but, like, I loved when we got the win at the end um, with a good game. That always was fun. Memphis. Memphis is by far. I'm tripping. Beating Memphis at home you know rushing the court it was packed i had a good game i had a block at the end um i had like nine and like four or something like that like a big time block at the end that to help it rebound like it was that was big time that was it that was that was yeah that's one yeah for sure yeah we had a lot of fun times but that that was that was crazy rushing the rushing the court man that's a going to library after was crazy too (laughs) i don't even know if that's there no more night library yeah, it's still there. It's still there. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> That's awesome. Go. I mean, like, I'm sure that you've had a lot of great memories, like, on the court. And I know how tight-knit teammates can be. Uh, do you have mm-hmm. a favorite memory from the UCF locker room with the guys? Mm. Man, I don't know any I can say. Let me think. <laughs> Man, we was just – we were crazy. Like, we were crazy as far as, like, we, we hung out together all – uh, and more so out the locker room, like in towers, you know what I mean? Like you would come in your, you would come in towers and it'd be like 80 of your teammates in there all chilling. Just, you'd be like, yo, I see y'all all day. Like I would go in my room and, you know, Keith Clinton would be in there or like Dwight McCombs. He had a projector in his room, like a big old projector. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I would go in his room and just, he had this big like California King bed. I don't know how he got this bed in the towers. Like, and he didn't have the regular twin. So I would go in his room and like knock everything off and be in there and go to sleep. And he'd wake up and be like, bro, like you got a room right down the hall. Like the projector on like, yeah, that was my God. I was like my big brother. Um, so like I was, was, he always, I was always getting on his nerves, but just like, you know, only Amar Thompson had one car, you know what I mean? And we jump in his car and just get to where we had to get to. Like I didn't have a license till I was 21. So like I was bumming raw. I was always jumping in somebody's car, jump hopping in here. And then, um, you know, my best friend, you know, to this day, um, Rod Days, you know, he came in my what was my sophomore year, junior, my sit out year. And he came the next year. So my sophomore year, his freshman year, like boys to this day. I mean, 
you know, he was like, bro, you got to get your license. Like we could have a car. My mom gave me a car. She was like, you have a car, get your license. I got my license that summer, but he taught me how to drive. He had, he would get cars from girls, give me the keys and we would just go drive, like, <laughs> just drive. So like stuff like that, man. Like where it was just like fun college stuff, nothing crazy. Nobody got into like trouble. And, you know, we just, you know, we're boys. We type plenty of Xbox and PlayStation fights over 2K and guys putting the sliders up and cheating. Zeke would cheat all the time. And, he was undefeated, but he had guys playing at 99 speed. Like, just cra- I'm talking about, like, crazy stuff. But to this day, I still remember it. And we, when I see him, we all talk and laugh. And uh, we plan trips to see each other in Orlando. So it's been it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. You still play 2K at all? You ever run and, it up? Oh, I do not. And the guys tell me all the time, like, you weren't that good when you played. And I was like, I'm telling you, like, back in the day, I'd be on the sticks. But I, if I do it, then I'll do Call of Duty. Okay. That's I'll fair. Call of Duty. It's hard with the two kids, man. And then, like, yeah. I don't want to play in front of them. You know what I mean? Like, I get in trouble when my daughter starts laughing when I'm playing. I've got to cut the game off now. So, just wait but, till they're old enough to like get one, so you can use that as yeah, a yeah, man. Duties, the duties, what I'll play. I'm not good at it though. I must admit, I'm terrible. But I lie to the guys and say I'm good. Like, <laughs> I didn't even have the right updated game. I had the old one, whatever the old one was. I was like, yo, get on, get, get on, get online, bro. I'm online. They're like, Tris, this is old. <laughs> like you got the last year's game, that's why you're not on, bro. Oh, shoot, I had to buy a new one. That was terrible. Sixty dollars down the drain, man. <laughs> oh, I stink. So, oh um, my god, though. Yeah, now Tristan, I did do my research, and I was able to find that you had a rapping group named New Era. Wow, UCF, man. How did that come wow. about? You mean how it didn't come about? Because <laughs> we didn't get nothing from it. Um. <laughs> Man, it, that members always change. But if I get this right, Bobby he managed Bobby Herdowski, who's a coach at BYU now. He managed our money, which we had none. Old NCAA, we ain't had no money back then. Rod Days didn't rap, but he he was he was a part of it. Keith Clinton, me, AJ Ramsa. I don't know if you guys know AJ Ramsa is widely widely you know famous now. He's a professional trainer, motivational speaker. He trains guys like uh, you know the the lead singer Maroon Five and just he's on the west coast he's he's big time man um some of your favorite celebrities work out with what aj Ramsey. he was our point guard uh, another guy that i love to death um but yeah it was just a little group we made up we never rapped we actually got booked for something we got booked we, what did we get booked for we got booked for something and then i had to call them like an hour before like yo like, we're not really a group like, <laughs> we don't rap we have no raps we have no band we have no music nothing's coming out and the guy was mad he was he was really really mad like he was like like i gotta get somebody to replace you guys i was like look bro don't know what to tell you shit we didn't sign a contract we didn't sign nothing so listen i'm not getting me in trouble because jones ain't gonna come kill me but we did have a rap group <laughs> that's awesome man. i wish you i wish you actually did rap i would listen i would get it on spotify man, i don't know man back then it was different you can't you can't do that stuff back then you couldn't rap you couldn't make no money Mm-mm. Now, you know, music was a little bit different back then. We're talking about a decade ago. Um, did you have a specific song that you would play before mm-hmm. UCF games to get you hyped? I was a, I'm trying to think. Who was – like Drake, of course, was still out back then. I was a big Drake guy. Um, funny story. Funny, funny story. All right, so only only a couple people will remember this. So. We used to listen to Drake and Rihanna, um, 
I think it's like what's the song's called like What's My Name, and we used to listen to that to that before games, and then we won, we would play it afterwards. I don't know why, but that's just what we would do. So we had won like we won like fourteen straight games my set out year, like we were like fifteen and 0, 14 and out beat the Florida beat Florida at um, the Amway Center, first time in school history. Like we were on a roll, and one day we played it and we went out there and lost to like I think we lost to Houston. Coach was hot. Cut you guys were listening to that stupid music before the game. No more, no more music before the game. Like he was mad. And then uh so like that was always something I remember, like, man, like we was on a roll, coach. Like, like we went 14 <laughs> straight listening to that. Like, relax. Yeah. Uh, but but Drake, I was a big Drake guy. I still am. I like Drake, I like Jay-Z, um, Wale. I, I'm from DC, so I listened to a lot of Wale. J. Cole had just dropped Friday Night Lights. That was a huge mixtape. Um but yeah, music wise, I, I was I was good to go. You could have played Beethoven for all I cared. I was I was locked in. I was I had energy, so I was I don't care what we put on as long as it was, you know as long as it was time to play. I was good. Always locked in, man. And you know, before games, whether it's the songs or whatever, did you have any like superstitions before games? Man, I had one. I had one. I just had one. I would put my you know, on the Nike Elite socks, it was left and right. I would just switch them. That was the only only thing I would do. My left on my right, my right on my left. Every, and never wear black socks. I never wore black. I hated black socks. Don't know why. I just I just didn't like it. I got a lot of flack for it when we were trying to match. Not doing it. <laughs> Dang, that, that's an interesting superstition, man. I love that for sure. Um, and, you know, I got to ask you this. Once a night, always a night. Yep, How are you yep. feeling about the Big 12 transition for UCF? I'm excited for those guys, man. So I was a part of the transition that went from um, Conference USA to American Athletic. You know what I mean? So for me, like, I'm excited for those guys. I think it's a great opportunity for the school. I think it's a great opportunity for them to grow um, and just, you know, more elite competition. I think it will help with recruiting for them, getting guys down there. Like, I'm excited for them. I think it'll be good for the program, um, you know, and, and football. I'm a big football guy, like I said, so I watch, you know, I probably watch more football than basketball games, you know, just because of the season and how hard it is to catch a college game when you focused on, you know, your stuff you're trying to do. So during the football season, I watched all the UCF football games. I think Gus Malzahn's done a great job. He's getting guys coming in, especially recruits. He's got it, you know, jumping down there. And, um, you know, it, it, UCF's a beautiful campus, man. Spirit Splash is a real thing. Uh, real tradition, you know what I mean? Even though, fun fact, I never got in that water. Um, wasn't doing it. But, you know, it was fun. It was it was great. I, I loved it down there. So, for sure. Like, I, I think I'm going to the Big 12. It's going to be big time. It's going to be fun. It's going to be dog fights every night, though. So, it's going to be it's gonna be worth it, though. Kansas every year, man. That's going to be crazy. Something. <laughs> it's crazy. Hopefully, I can if when I got to figure out when they play Iowa State. Hopefully, I can pop out and uh, – we play Iowa State too, so hopefully when they get up there, it's only about an hour, hour fifteen away, so I can travel up there, see some guys. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and you know, sadly, we got to end the rivalry for a little bit with USF. Um, yeah, what is going on with that? How do, do we not? Do, it's not like a because you know Iowa. We play Iowa State every year, mandatory no matter what. Is it's not like that? Yeah, it's like so with the with Iowa State and with Iowa, they've kind of like grown to terms with each other they got contracts in place yeah, to yeah. kind of like get it going but for usf and ucf it's all new so those contracts and those like scheduling probably won't be done until like 2028 2030 like that um you know that's and it's gonna depend on if like they think it's that big of a rivalry to that's true play. i mean that war on i4 that was a great way to term it you know what i mean i thought that was cool um so before 
when we were in Conference USA and they was in the Big East, we played mm-hmm. not twice a year, but we played we played that the year before. And then yeah, we played we played USF every year. So that was kind of you know before we got to the same conference. So and then when we went to American Athletic, we caught them twice. We played them twice a year. So yeah. you know what I mean? I hope that continues for them. I think that's big for both school. Uh, not really USF, they stink, but you know, it is what it is. You know, always forever. I'm always, you know, you know, feel my way about them, but you know what I mean? So it should be fun. That's just gonna lead me right in my next question, man. There's a like the viewership for this like channel is kind of split. We got the USF fans and the UCF fans, you know, we got some other people out there, but you know, for the USF fans and UCF fans watching. What's one nice thing that you can say about USF? Oh, shout out my boy Victor Rudd. That's it. Victor that's Rudd. It. That's <laughs> it. My USF guy. If you if you a real UCF guy, you know who Victor Rudd is. Um, that's it. That's all I'll say. Shout out Victor Rudd. That's my man. Other than that. The green is ugly. That, who wants that green? It's nasty. <laughs> and then they try to like brighten it, like make yeah. it. Like, oh my gosh! Then there's like eight people at the game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, they'll let us know when they finally get that football stadium going. Uh, yeah, I don't need. I don't need them uh, trolling me on Twitter now that everybody. You know, there's no more verification, so I don't know who's <laughs> who, who's really who. So I don't want no problems. No problems, USF. Good luck. Good yeah. luck. Good luck. Twitter, if you're listening, get Tristan his verification badge back. Yeah, I need a million followers, they told me. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm cheap. I'm not paying for it. So I need a million, they said. Not happening. It's going to happen. It'll happen. It'll happen one day. I need it. I need it back. <laughs> I worked hard for that. <laughs> for sure. And, you know, you worked hard just in general, and especially at UCF. I mean, this will be kind of one of the last college questions I kind of have for you. Mm-hmm. What would be the best atmosphere uh, what was the best atmosphere you've played at uh, during your college years? Man, um, man, it's not. It was nothing like when the when 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 we were jumping. Man, we had some great home games. Not even just versus Memphis. I remember versus uh, Southern Miss. Man, at home, I think my junior year, it was rocking in there. That was one of the best environments. Man, we came away with a close win. Keith Kent Clinton got a block at the end. I, I had like a big time putback dunk. Like. That thing, it was packed. It was jumping in there, man. So I always appreciated the fans in Orlando, man, whether I was at a game or just going to get a burger or something like, excuse me. We had so many great fans to this day, man. Like, it's beautiful to just, um, you know, be around. And, you know, when I go back, and I haven't been back in a little bit, but hopefully this summer I can touch, you know, back to Orlando. And people, you know, for the last couple of years, either wishing me good luck here in Iowa or, you know, I played in the TBT. Um with you know some Orlando, some UCF guys, and the fans came, and and, and the way they supported, so like UCF to me is, is like you know always going to be have a special place in my heart, and and a lot of those home games, whether it was Southern Miss or you know um, even when we got to go on the road, we traveled well, we played Louisville, we had fans there, like um, so it, it was it was it was great, man, and, and and then you know of course every USF game was packed out, um, you know everybody was there, so it was it's not a star studded now. Now I see guys from the Magic coming, but we used to have the guys from the match come play pickup with us, and we had the place. It was the spot to come hoop at UCF. You know, I don't know if it was because they enjoyed the scenery and, you know, a lot of them were young, so it felt like they were back in college, but they always used to come to UCF and hoop. Crazy. Man, I didn't even know that. That's cool, for sure. And yep. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, as for you and your uh, 
draft process that you went through at the beginning, did you have a specific team that you kind of were hoping would draft you? No, man. I mean, for me, I was kind of knowing I was going to go undrafted. Um, so like, I, so my junior year, I was going to do some NBA stuff. I broke a bone in my throat um, and I missed the last three games of my junior season. I broke my hyoid bone. I got hit. I got elbowed. So I was out. Um, so I missed a lot of the summer. So my senior year, I kind of started off a little bit. I, I did okay. Um, you know, I had some big games early, struggled a little bit here and there. So I kind of knew like I was going to have to go undrafted. So, um, you know, I didn't have my first workout till later in the process. And then I had a really good Utah workout and word spread. So the next day, literally, I, I was going to go home and boom, flew from Utah to New York, New York to Atlanta, Atlanta to Orlando, Orlando to Detroit, Detroit to back to Atlanta for another workout. Like, so, you know, for me, my process went really quick. Um, and then Detroit wanted me to come work out on draft day. And my agent was like, no, we're not going to go do that. Cause you know, draft day, go be with your family, go to the movies or something. So I was going to the movies and my phone's going off and I'm like, oh, I just got drafted. So I'm like, run out the movies. And Detroit was pretty much like, Hey, um, we're not going to use our draft pick, but we want you to come do summer league with us. And they were the first ones to offer it. And, you know, um, Van Gundy was there and, you know, this he was, had played, he had coached in Orlando. So he was really familiar with me and my game and, um, you know, him and Coach Jones were really good friends. So it was it was, it was great to be able to do that at Summer League. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned the Summer League. Take us through that experience for you. How was that playing for the Pistons? Man, it was cool. You know I mean? Average 10-3-3. Three, three. That was really cool. Um, you know, being in Orlando where I have been for, you know, the last, you know, five years of my life and being able to hoop there and do Summer League was a blessing, man. It's something I always, you know, appreciate and cherish and um, and then, you know, the process starts again with the, the G League stuff. You know, I went to Utah again. They invited me back out there to do a, like a mini camp. Um, and then uh, when the process came with the draft, I thought they were going to draft me. And then um, I was 29th overall, which is like second round 11 pick, but like the 29th overall pick, which was really, again, a blessing. and something that like, you know, now that I'm older, I appreciate so much. Uh, it was great. You know, the G League really wasn't for me. Um, I probably should have went overseas right away, but just being able to be drafted, and, you know, playing it uh, and get that experience, meeting guys, it was cool. It was really cool. Yeah, man. It, it's still like a huge honor for you, for sure. I mean, yeah. to even have you on to be through the D-League draft at the time, that's crazy. 29th overall, insane. And you mentioned it yourself. You wish you kind of went overseas first. You played in 10 different countries. And yeah, man. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> that you've been asked this question Quite a lot, but what was your favorite one to play in? You always love the first one. Um, so for me, like my first overseas experience, I was in Hungary and I went to the championship as a rookie. And like you get fooled and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna be back. Like first year, this is this was y'all, this is tough for y'all. And we played against the Euro Cup team um in Solnok. Um, and the budgets were so different. Like they had two guys on their team making more than our whole team. So their two players made more, two players made more than our whole roster. Dang. So like, you know, when you take that team, we lost in the, you know, lost in game five. You know what I mean? We took them, it was a five, five game series, lost in game five, took them all the way to the, to the max. And, you know, for me, I'm thinking, oh, I'll be back. I wouldn't mean, you know, I'll be, I'm winning 10 of these if this is what it is. And, you know, you don't go, I didn't go back until uh, my last year when I was in Mexico, went back, um, well, I went back to back years. And then my last year, I finally won one. Uh, won a championship and it was kind of like wow this is great this was you know this was this was, this was big time it was everything I loved it uh, my favorite place though as far as like culture 
I'd have to say I'm not going to count Mexico because I feel like that's too close to home and they have everything we had. Um, Argentina was cool, real cool, just different way of living. They have a thing there where, you know, um, at a certain time, like maybe like one o'clock, everyone goes home, eats lunch with their family and, sh- and the whole everything shuts down. Nothing's open from one to like 6 p.m. So like if you don't get anything to eat, out to eat from one to six, you'd better hope you got food in the, you know, in the house. If not, you're hungry. Um, so that was cool. That was I loved Argentina. You know, China was great. I played in the NBL, which is like the summer uh, season of China. The CBA happens during the regular season. The NBL is like the summer league, if you would say, type deal. That was fun. Uh, and 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 just my overall experience. I played in a lot of different countries and, and had a lot of fun doing it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, that we talked a little bit about the college atmosphere. What country had the best fans? Oh, man. Pre-COVID, Mexico was wild. They love basketball. I mean, like, what packed. Hungary was packed. Every, everywhere you go, like, once you get to, like, because I played in the playoffs and big games. So, like, Argentina was great. Fans, crazy fans, love you to death. They'll love you forever. Even in Europe um, and Hungary, like well after I was done playing, fans would always comment nice things. But Mexico, man, even to this day, like my daughter um, was born during one of my seasons. Fans were buying stuff off the like the baby registry. They were bringing me pillows and gifts, and it was crazy. So Mexico will always have a place in my heart. I loved, I loved it over there. That was awesome. Now, are you kind of like pushing for maybe if the NBA expands, Mexico City gets a team? Oh, for sure. They, well, they have a G League team. Mexico City oh, yeah. is a G League team. And I love that for them. And I think people go down there and they like, like, oh, man, it's nice here. It's really nice. So, yeah, for sure. I would definitely I would love that. I would love for a team to go to Mexico. Mexico City's nice. Uh, you know, we had a team that was in Cancun. I, I'm mad I never got to play with them without <laughs> like guys. They were losing a lot because guys was, was chilling a lot. But uh, it was nice. A team in Cancun, that's kind of where you go after you lose a big game. So, yeah, they were there. Win or loss, they were there. So, <laughs> Um, yeah, but we're talking about all these different countries that you were able Mm -hmm. to play in. What was the strangest like foreign food that you ever ate? Oh, China. China for sure. They they I I used to have a video on my phone. They tried to get me to eat all types of stuff. I wasn't doing. I was I'm a picky eater. I could eat the same thing every single day. They had me trying food. I'm not trying that, coach. I'm not doing that. I'm not eating that. Well, that's still moving. You got it. I'm good. Don't need to try it. China for sure, hands down. Argentina had the best food. Israel had great food. Um, but but uh, but China. <laughs> As I, you're you're the you're not the first person to say that on this show. And, and Mexico ruined me because like the authentic taco and like the food was great, man. So now you come over here and it's like, oh, it's not the same. Like uh, we were getting tacos and then. Funny story, my fiance, one of our first dates was over in Mexico. Um, and she was like, like, oh, I'll pay. Like, I'll pay. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I think she got like a, you know, you get the alert of how much food is, like how much your bill is, like when you when you pay. And she was like, she looked, she was like, all that food was like 10 bucks. I was like, yeah. She was like, oh, I'll pay every day. Every day we go on out here, I'll pay. No problem. But I was like, oh yeah, wait till we get back to the States, keep that same energy. So that's when you pop the question yeah. right after yeah. that. Nah, yeah, <laughs> kind of, sort of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it happens like that. <laughs> that was awesome, man. Um, you know, your family, 
you're you're a big family man. I mean, you yeah. talked about your dad a little bit before, and your family made the uh, you know travel uh, the journey. I'd even say from Virginia all the way to Orlando for some games. And I yep. got to ask you, did they ever show up to any of your overseas games? My dad did. Um, it's just hard because when you fly somebody overseas, they can't come for like a week. Mm-hmm. They got to come for like an extended period of time. So my dad did. He came to to, to my games at Hungry, but they streamed all my games. Um, you know, they've been to more of my college games than, you know, and, and, and me coaching than overseas. And, you know, for me overseas, when I went over there, I always kept it like, look, I'm here for eight months. I'm locked in. When I'm home, I'm home and I'm away, you know, I'm away. And, um, you know, so but they always supported me and and and, and really um, loved the fact that I was playing and doing what I love to do professionally. They, they were really happy about that. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. So your dad was the only one to make it, but uh, that support was still there. Even when you played at UCF, I saw like a clip, man. Yeah. You had mad support there. I love it. I did. We had a game um in Southern Virginia where my dad is from. We played ODU and I had like. 40 to 50 people there, like from people that went to my church to aunts to fake aunts to fake uncles, like everybody came and, and uh, you know, and that was one thing that I liked about UCF. We captured a lot of moments for me personally, like, you know, like that episodes on YouTube, like my, like, I love that, that my kids can, you know, we can just pop that on and that's, you know, something that comes up. UCF was kind of ahead of his time as far as like putting stuff on YouTube and on TV and, and having its own channel. Um, you know, and, and and I just always thought that like UCF was just the amount of people we had with it being one of the biggest schools in the country. I thought I just thought we could have did more with that, more with the social media. Like, why didn't guys have 20,000 followers like these other schools? We got more people. You know what I mean? So I think that was kind of the only thing I would say, like, I, I didn't like the disconnect in that. Uh, that makes sense uh, for you personally. Uh, just last year, we mentioned it before you wrapped up your nine year career playing professional yep. basketball, and now you're the director of uh, player development and director of recruiting at uh, Iowa Men's Basketball. Can you tell us uh, what the job entails for being the director of player development? Man, it's just kind of um, everything. And, and with COVID and the rules that we have in, set, in place, uh, I was able to get on the court where one of the coaches or two of the coaches were out recruiting, then I would be able to step in and, and fill in and help out. So um, where most op guys or guys who are, you know, um, support staff, I would say they don't get that opportunity. Um, excuse me. But for me, when, um, you know, one of our assistants were out on the road recruiting, I was able to help with workouts and be on the court and physically bump guys and get guys better. And then, um, you know, that was great. That was big time. And then, you know, with the rules coming up now with the NCAA, they're making it. So you have two extra people that could be on the court at all times, no matter what. And I'm allowed to recruit starting July 1st, um, you know, I'm allowed to, you know, make phone calls myself, you know, but beforehand I would um, maybe see a kid that I like, tell our assistant coaches about them, uh, you know, have them, you know, reach out or, you know, if I knew the AAU coach, maybe have the AAU coach reach out to our guys and um, just help recruiting in that way. Uh, and, you know, when they're here on visits, you know, speaking to parents, uh, telling them how, how great Iowa is and, and, and how much fun I've had here being a black kid from D.C., I never thought I'd be in the middle of Iowa, but I love it here, man. And, and, you know, it's one of them things where you like, man, you don't understand how beautiful and nice it is till you get out here. Yeah. And I got to ask, I mean, how did this come up? How did you get this job at Iowa? Man, such a long story. I'll try to keep it short. So my fiance's family's from Iowa. Um, long story short, when the pandemic hit, uh, we moved here uh, and she was pregnant. So we were going to go to D.C., but she was like, I'm pregnant. I'd rather be 
you know, close to my mom. Her mom was living right in the middle of Iowa City. Literally, like, I could almost, from this window, see her house, like, further down there. So that's how close I was. I knew nobody. Um, and I got a chance to, you know, start training, start working guys out. And, you know, I worked out some of the Iowa players, some of the Iowa guys. And it just was an opportunity that uh, presented itself two years later. You know, I was still hooping. And I had an offer to go back overseas that summer. I was gearing up to go overseas. And when the position opened up here, some uh, one coach retired, one coach left. And then, you know, we promoted guys up. I was like, uh, I was really excited. Um, and I talked to coach, you know, went through the interview process. It made sense. And, you know, I just retired right then and there. Like, I didn't have like a... I was still hooping. I was, you know, getting my mind ready, working out. And when the opportunity came up to be a part of the Big Ten program, I could, I, you know, I could never turn that down. Yeah. I mean, God opened up a bunch of doors for you, man. And it's. Yeah, 100%. Crazy. Oh, God. Definitely not me. I can't. I take no credit in that, man. Sometimes, you know, from what I've learned, it's not about, you know, even what you know is who you know. And, and are you ready when it, you're, you know, your time is being called? And um, that's all I try to do is stay ready. So, you know, God is always talking to you talking about you and doors you're not even in so you just got to be ready when it's your time to walk through that door yes sir and i mean with that do you kind of consider yourself being like a kind of older brother figure to some of the guys that you're working with for sure it, it, brother figure is kind of hard because you know you never want them to you know take advantage of that you know that, that but but it is hard because i did just finish playing so i'm able to you know still talk to them in a player hooper mentality type of way for them to understand you know like you can't bs me i just did this <laughs> i mean like like i know this is hard but it ain't that hard you know what i mean whether it's conditioning and i jump in and run just like they running or you know they they might come in and i might be in a full sweat because i have my own workout or i'm in the weight room lifting whatever they lifting and they like that trust you still trying to yeah so like i'm telling y'all i'm showing y'all like i'm two years removed a year removed but it ain't you can do this you can get through this and then i always want them to go further than i went <laughs> You never take it easy on them at practice if you ever like oh, guard no 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 <laughs> nah because they'll dunk on you or they'll embarrass you they'll try <laughs> they, you know you hitting them lightly with a little pad they come full speed and dunk and they do the little stud no, 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 no. not me i'm not the coach for that <laughs> they do the little guy emote like oh yeah they do the little <laughs> mm, nah, not me. i'm not the coach for that i can't do it <laughs> <laughs> and you also are the director of recruiting uh, there now too and you mentioned it before you would tell coach kind of like some guys you get your eye on what is like some attributes and qualities that you look for in players to uh, recruit I think for us playing hard is a skill um, guys get better here I mean we 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 want to have another first round pick here we had a first round pick last year arguably one of the best players in college basketball history and Luca Garza went here so like you know he didn't start off he wasn't a number one recruit you know the, the 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 murray brothers were 385 and 386 i think in the country um and so when guys get here they lock in they focus and they get better so for us we don't care what your ranking is we don't care you know who else has offered you if we like you and you fit with us let's let's come hoop come you know let's come get up and down let's go play basketball let's have fun yeah for sure i mean luca garza man that yeah he, he's a stud he's a stud and you know you're able to you're a part of that. Like you're a key part of yeah. that, developing those guys into becoming NBA talents. And, um, you know, it goes as further as that as, you know, the head coach, they have a lot of uh, qualities that they like. And I got to ask you, would you ever want to become a head coach in the future for any, any level of basketball? You know what? I, again, I try not to like, I try not to put myself in a box or put a limit on what God has for me because I didn't expect to be here. 
You know what I mean? And God put me here and I'm going on year two. And um, so I would never, ever, you know, diminish anything that he might have for me in the future. Uh, if anything, I would I would be excited. I would welcome the challenge. But right now, I'm, I love the spot I'm in, love the position I'm in. I love um, the way I get to interact with the guys. I'm, I'm, I'm super happy and grateful for the position I'm in and how much fun I'm having, you know, coaching these guys. We've got a great group coming up and Patrick McCaffrey and Tony Perkins and DeSante and, 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 and uh, Josh and Peyton and even the freshmen we got. We got a top 25 freshman class coming in really, really good. And, I'm enjoying, you know, what those guys are going to bring. And, uh, you know, so for right now, for the next foreseeable future, you know, I love, you know, where I'm at in, in the coaching realm of it. I'm still learning, still growing, still, you know, growing my connections, and doing stuff like this, which I think is super fun that I can, you know, talk to, you know, you know, let, you know, my UCF people know what's going on. And um, so I, I'm enjoying the process, I'd say. I, I wouldn't say no, but I, I would I would have fun. I don't even know what. You know, like I don't even know what defensive schemes I'd run if I was a head coach. You know what I mean? So right now I'm I got a lot on my plate. My plate is full. So I don't want to dip over there in that plate. Yeah, that's that's down the road, but yeah. it's a possibility, man. Next national championship coach right here. Uh, I'm telling you, don't let me win one, boy. It's gonna be this <laughs> might not go back to work. <laughs> You might be uh, definitely appreciating you got social media back, so you can tweet all you want after winning oh, that. Oh, I'll be tweeting up a storm. I'll be the most tweeting as head coach, that's for sure. I'd be <laughs> tweeting crazy. I get a national championship, so don't let me get one. So, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, but it's fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. That That's going to be all my questions for you, Tristan. And, uh, oh, man, thank you. Yeah, I'm definitely blessed to have you on, man. And the UCF listeners, they're definitely going to want to listen to this. And, you know, the USF fans, they'll probably ignore it. But if they That's do, great. Ignore on. Keep ignoring <laughs> Charge on. Charge on. <laughs> if they did listen, man, they'll uh they'll still be salty. But Tristan, man, we, we appreciate you so much for coming on our show. It means the world to us for sure. And um we're wishing you all the best of luck for the University of Men's Basketball in Iowa and just everything in between for your life, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys again just being able to be on your platform and you know, tell everybody what's going on with me. You know, I have so many UCF fans who hit me all the time and ask me what I'm up to, or they'll see me on the sideline, you know, coaching against whoever. And for them to, you know, still be interested after all these years just shows, you know, the people of Orlando are amazing people. I love them. Um, you know, I've had people send me my jerseys. Like, I got uh, my guy, uh, oh, my guy Sean sent me my jersey from like it was an auction i left i think i left my senior night jersey down there i don't know what i was doing but you know somebody was like hey you're about to have a kid about to have your son he needs this more than me and sent it to i was like wow like big time stuff like that i mean um so please all my ucf people don't be a stranger hit me i'm getting better at replying and stuff like that i'm still watching i'm still you know you know go nights charge on you know so forever for that so always man thank you appreciate you Oh, yeah, for sure, man. You were amazing to have on, amazing stories for sure. And uh, we hope to keep in touch with you, man. That's going to end it for this special episode with Tristan Spurlock. And we'll catch you guys in the next one. Hey, guys, we are proud to announce that we got our first sponsor, Dubby. Dubby is a clean energy drink that is made to give you focus with no crash, jitters, or angst like other energy drinks. Dubby contains no calories, no sugars, no fillers, no artificial colors, and no maltodextrin. Make sure to use our code against the call for 10% off your next purchase at www.w.gg.